Ladies and gentlemen, this is the BU Hockey Show. Thanks for one timer. Down low for Cockrell in front. Curry scores. BU moving it well and a shot and a goal. Mueller Deeks saved by Schroeder. Got an opportunity for a shot and she scores. Welcome into episode 10 of the BU Hockey Show. I'm Patrick Donnelly. With me as always is Brady Gardner. How are we today, Brady? I'm good, but we're stupid, Patrick. Why is that? Because we thought we knew what we would get last weekend in terms of lines, you know, a little bit and, and what the series would look like against Providence. And we were just nowhere close on anything. Were we? I feel like I don't remember exactly what I said, but I feel like we were both kind of expecting things to be a little messy, win or lose. I guess that's true. I, I guess I just didn't anticipate them giving up 11 goals. That's, that's probably true. a big part of it. Uh, and then just the way that the lines kind of played out. Ty Amonti is all of a sudden a fourth liner when I think we both had him maybe first uh, or second. Played like, more than a fourth liner, though. Things like that. Defense was nowhere near what we thought, but maybe there are injuries and stuff. So maybe I should give us a little more credit. Um, but, you know, I did say, like, we're going to learn a lot this weekend. And once we have games to talk about, like, our opinions will definitely be changing. Uh, and that's just about the only thing we were right on because there's a lot to take away here. And, uh, and a lot that we thought we knew that maybe we didn't, or at least things that are different, which is, yeah, you know, you know, I think the thing I was most surprised about was that they scored or BU scored eight over the two games or nine, nine over the two games. Yeah. Um, Thankfully you didn't come up against a very hot goaltender, you know? Yeah. You got some help on that end. He was shout out to shout out to that guy on Twitter that kind of called us out saying hey stopper's really good and no mm. stopper is not really good yeah, uh, yeah he, tough time. He's a, he was at least a civ against bu yeah um but i guess i shouldn't say when drew Camesso gave up uh nine on his own uh ash navel gave up uh two but we'll get to Camesso. yeah i have thoughts um, on Camesso. we'll get to Camesso. i i have positive thoughts i don't think he got any help at all but we'll get to it um so yeah opening night bu providence walter brown arena everyone's jacked up everyone's ready to go me and you are there first time in a hockey arena covering a bu hockey game in over 300 days and man did they get shelled (laughs) seven to three the final from walter brown arena you know uh just run through it quickly here before we get our thoughts you know chase yoder gets us started with uh for providence his first collegiate goal and it's like all right that's kind of to be expected providence quicker team or at least more in shape they're coming out like nine this is their ninth game and so and then jay o'brien there's my guy getting on the board and then bu two like get bang bang it's three one midway through the second period and then tice thompson makes it three two for prop or chops bu down to three two and they just kind of folded from there Mm -hmm. um drew commesso got yanked midway through the third and not for not for lack of trying um, and so he's final again, seven, three, and then you bring it back to, or do we want, let's run through this game first before we go to Saturday. Oh yeah. Need to keep it on this game first. Cause I think there, at least for me, there was a lot that stuck out here or stuck out here. Uh, there was a lot that stuck out that was similar to the way that they looked last season in a bad way where it felt like all the time last year, you know, they could get up to early leads or they'd have multi-goal leads at times. And then just in a blink of an eye, it would totally evaporate. And that's exactly what we saw happen in this game. You know, you felt good 3-1. It's like, where'd this come from? Second period, you know, you're not really doing well in shots on goal, but you have the lead. And just you know, just like that, they score three quick. And next thing you know, you're behind. You're chasing the game the rest of the way. You don't have the legs to do it. That's exactly what happened. Providence was just the better team in every way on Friday night. 
which was a bit of a buzzkill, you know, because like you said, it was great to be there. First game in more than 300 days, uh, and and we were there, you know, very fortunate to have done that. Um, but yeah, the hockey certainly uh, was a little disappointing, at least on opening night. So plenty to, to address from that. Yeah, and I guess part of it, you know, saying they folded is, uh, this is what Albie said after the game too, you know, they look gassed, which is true. Um, and this is not to be used as an excuse at all because they like you can be tired you can still play structurally sound which they were not and you know we both knew hey young goalie kind of again you still a very much young defense and i guess it's part of what's going to happen but you just wish you know last year we talked about penalties and a uh, kind of sloppy defense and those were kind of the same stories in week one or yeah week one all around especially game one and whether it's Jake Wise just taking some idiotic penalties. <laughs> not good. Not like, a good weekend for Jake. There are stronger words I could use for Jake Wise's performance, or at least as far as the extracurriculars go <laughs> on night one. Yeah. Uh, if you watched the game, you would have seen him fake swiping his stick at a Providence player's head. I thought he did. I, Glad he I thought it, it was a fake, but I thought he was still getting five in a game. Um Oh, what a what a bonehead decision that was. <laughs> um but like yeah, like, you know it's it's great to see Jay O'Brien get on the board. Um that power play looked really good. Um I think the power play looked great for the weekend. And I think like, you know, there's a lot of like, kind of what we talk about with the Patriots and the Duck Boat Report. There's a lot of individual positives, but at the same time a lot of individual negatives. Mm-hmm. Um so whether it's like O'Brien's offense on Friday or David Parents literally picking up exactly where he left off as one of the best defensemen in the country. Um and I thought, you know, Ethan Phillips was buzzing around out there. Um there were like a lot of guys look good, but then halfway through the second period, maybe even to start the second period, there was just legs were gelatin out there. Like you could mm-hmm. they just couldn't hold a candle to Providence skating wise. Yeah, that what ended up being the big differentiator, uh just kind of the legs there, because you could tell as soon as Providence was up by two goals like that game was just done um but you mentioned you know nice to see o'brien get a goal not as prettiest ever but good to see him get it to the back of the net same with luke tuck his first game got a pretty nice goal on the silky feed talk about that assist from dave barrett's my goodness zegris-esque uh and then even one for sean driscoll just a seeing a shot for the point like these are guys that you're glad to have get on the board early in the season maybe get a little confidence going with them uh one thing you don't like is the lack of confidence you were given your goalie uh, to be honest, I think it's about the worst possible way that you could introduce a goalie into college hockey. Uh, the kid faced 15 shots in the first period, 21 in the second, and then... Uh, actually, that's just saves. That's saves. Sorry. It was more than that. It was worse. I mean, you're trying to bring this guy in. You know, his first game in 10 months or whatever, the first game he's played in that long, and his first game in NCAA hockey, you know, Hockey East... And you you do that on defense. It was just, I think the defense was my biggest problem. Night one and really night two. Like, it, it was just not a good defensive effort from BU. But you look at the other side, the positive was that your offense was there. So at least you had half the battle. Uh, but as we saw, you can only score so many goals until the other team just puts up more because you're not there on defense. Yeah, and to be exact, Drew Camesso shot saw 40 shots oh. through the two periods. Yeah. And then once he call, once they called it a night for him, it was 38 stops on 43 shots or 44 shots. Uh, mm-hmm. um, one of those two. But um, he can't he, do that. <laughs> he, he, like, he did what he could. And I, I, that's, why, like, that's what I'm saying for Drew Camesso for the entire weekend. Yet, like, there are some 
I believe it was the 3-3 goal for Providence on Friday, and then um, uh, Needham's goal for Providence on Saturday. Those are two he'd like to have back. You know, Needham's goal on Saturday, Drew Comesso's off his angle. The, the other one finds its way through the wickets. Um, doesn't seem like he was very much prepared for the shot. But again, like, he did what he could. Like, yeah. like this is his kid's first game action in, again, since March. They hadn't scrimmaged, Albie said, since November 25th. And I thought he looked fine. I, th- I like he looked comfortable. Um, he made a lot of big saves. They would have been lost without him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, most notably, Tyce Thompson walking in on a breakaway, pro- arguably Providence's best player. And Comesso stares him down and stops him five hole. Um, and that was in the first period when I believe you were already down one nothing. And if they go up two nothing, bang bang, there, that game get that game gets out of hand. So that was a huge save he made. And I thought. I thought it's something to build on. I thought it's definitely, like, again, not his best performance, and he didn't get much help, and I think it's definitely, he showed promise. It was encouraging. It wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it's encouraging. Yeah, he gave up 10 goals on the weekend, but it was still a pretty successful weekend in my books on Drew Comesso, because when you're facing that many shots, you're going to give up goals. That's just how it is. And maybe they weren't, like, you know, good goals. We'd call a couple, you know, kind of softies. But that's what's going to happen when you're just seeing so many pucks. But you talk about the breakaway stop on Thompson and so many others, you know, where he probably had no business making those saves as a guy in his first game against some, you know, great players in Hockey East, but he just made it look so easy. And we finally saw that, too, that Coach O'Connell and so many others have been talking about with this kid, like just the simple movements, very strong positionally, just stays in front of the puck and, and you know, keeps, keeps himself quiet. Um, I think we saw that, you know, and it was a big difference, too, from Sam Tucker last year flying around, diving across the crease. And now we have, you know, Drew Comesso who's just, you know, like a robot in some ways, uh, the way he moves out there, which is kind of refreshing, to be honest, because I, I was really confident having him in the crease and obviously the goal totals, you know, to say otherwise. Um, but on the balance, I think uh, there was a lot to like in the way he played, despite giving up so many goals. Yeah, and... Uh, on Comesso's weekend as a whole, if there, I don't think there should be. I mean, Albie said on Saturday he still hasn't fully committed to it being Drew's net, but that's that's not true. Drew, <laughs> unless unless Ashton Abel just finds finds his way back into game action, or Vinny Duplessis ends up in a game and just at, looks stellar, or someone gets hurt, or Drew Comesso just looks awful in practice and games, it's his net until things unless things get real bad. That's right. Did you know Alex Vlasic took a face-off in that game? On Friday? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking through the stats. I did not know it, that. It says he won one face-off. Didn't lose any. That's perfect face-off percentage. That's got to be Vlasic. a typo. No, must have been maybe in the five-on-three because they had two two-minute five-on-threes over the course of the week. And again, penalty problems. Uh, another thing that bit you last year. And, uh, and you did it exactly you know, on Friday and, and a little bit on Saturday, too. We just get in the box and it hurts you. Um, it says he took a face-off. Maybe it is a typo, but I'd be impressed. Uh, <laughs> can't imagine him being a big face-off guy, though. Anyways, no. want to... Wanna... Go ahead. Also, again, it's kind of like, you know, BU kind of got killed on face-offs again like they did last year. Yep. 27, to, 27 for 70 on Friday. It's just not going to get it done, especially when you when you have to kill these penalties. Getting that first draw win is huge. And especially setting up the structure in defensive zone, whether it's getting a breakout together or at least kind of weathering a storm, you need a face-off winner, at least not losing as many, I suppose. That's right. Uh, but at least Saturday was a positive. Saturday was a positive, almost quickly a negative. Um, <laughs> could have easily been a negative. 
I guess they I guess they never trailed, did they? No. No, never trailed, so. which was a little surprising. Um but I mean, yeah, so Saturday, you know, 6-4 win down at Providence. Good bounce back. Ty Monty gets on the board his first of the year. Good for him, by the way. You know, it's been a long road back. He looked he looked decent considering he hadn't played in over a year. Um, and, you know, David Ference, just three points through the first 10 minutes of the first period. You know, he gets on the board in the power play. Jay O'Brien un- unleashes a bomb on the power play. Providence gets one back. Tyce Thompson makes it 3-2. And then Cockrell, a big shorthanded goal for BU. That's good to get him going early, you hope. Um, and then you also think Craig Needham, that's the shot I said, Drew Camasso slightly off his angle, gave Craig Needham a little too much daylight to that, uh, top right side. Um, and then Marcus Bogoslowski, first of his career, almost Alex Vlasic's first of his career. Mm. Um, Matt Koopman, shout out Marblehead, uh, makes it 5-4 for Providence. And then a nail-biting third period, kind of back and forth, and Cockrell ices it with about two seconds left. Yeah, and I liked that performance a lot more, especially considering it was the second of the back-to-back. Because we saw, you know, Coach O'Connell saying last week, like, he's a little nervous what it's going to look like on Saturday. Uh, and then it turns out after Saturday's game, he's saying we actually had better legs tonight than we did last night, which is huge because they needed it. And that third period, you know, Providence throwing everything they can at the BU end. Uh, but the Terriers held on, you know, in part to Cockrell and in part to a really improved defensive effort, too. And then kind of iced off there with Cockrell uh, pretty much the last second of the game, getting an empty netter to make it a two-goal game for him, too, which is big. And that's the same exact thing I said earlier, like nice to have goals for, you know, the freshman Tuck in his first game, Jay O'Brien his first game as a Terrier. Uh, again, you had that where O'Brien scored again. Cockrell had those two. One shorty, really nice breakaway finish. Then the uh, the final empty netter as well, where David Ferentz getting his first goal. Taya Monty, his first goal in, you know, what, probably a uh, year and a half. I, more than I had it tweeted. It was his first goal in a long since time. <laughs> I got it almost here. Uh, first goal since March twenty second, two thousand nineteen. So that's uh, nuts. when they lost to Northeastern at the Garden in the hockey yeah. semis. I remember that almost two years then. Like these are guys. Like if you could handpick guys that you wanted to see score a goal this weekend, just to get that little bit of confidence boost and you know to get them you know kind of go in the right direction. Like you, you found a pretty good list here. Which is good. And again, the scoring kept up too. Special teams, uh, but also some in five on five, where uh, you put up six goals in your second game of the season. So I thought there was a lot to like about the way they won that game. Again, you gave up four goals, uh, which isn't ideal, but the way that they finished it uh, definitely looked a lot better to me. Yeah, I thought Saturday was pretty gutsy, um, especially that third period, you know, kind of weathering that storm and managing to survive. I guess, because it, it wasn't, again, it wasn't their best game. Offensively, it's great to see that it's clicking. You know, three goals and then six goals. Six goals should win you any game, no matter what. Um, and so it's great to see that things are clicking, especially Jay O'Brien. I guess we can get into our overall takeaways from the weekend after that, after we finish up with this game. But um, just, again, like like you said, Albie and I, like I guess we all agree with Albie. We were very surprised that they looked somehow fresher on Saturday. Um, or more fresh, whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, Comesso has that, has one or two he'd like to have back, but overall did enough. Um, and I, if they had lost that game, I would have been very much prepared to just absolutely eviscerate the defensive effort um, because the first two periods on Saturday and all of Friday, you know, they were not making life difficult for Providence at all. Just giving up the blue line too easily, backing in, not keeping steady gaps, and just soft, I guess. Which is which is a, 
we run through in our season preview, we ran through every player and said that's a physical guy, that's an Albie O'Connell type of player, and on Friday and Saturday, just it was life in, or two thirds of Saturday, life was just far too easy for Providence attackers, and it was good to see them clean it up in the third period. Definitely, like you said, you know they they would have really been in trouble if that uh, had gotten away from them in the third. Uh, but it didn't. They buckled down and saved themselves a little bit defensively um, because on the balance, it was not a great defensive weekend at all, uh, which is my biggest you know, concern of this team. You talk about takeaways after the weekend. I think it's all about addressing the defense. And yes, you got a surprise performance kind of out of, uh, out of um, what's his name? Thomas Jarman. Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, from Maryland uh, where, where Wilmer Skoog played. Uh, a little more than mm-hmm. a year ago, so they played together, and he'd already played like a dozen games already this year, and it showed because he was one of their best defensemen. You know, I liked Alex Vlasic, I liked Ference, obviously, um, but aside from that, you know, Fensori kind of iffy. Uh, the new guy Campolito, not quite sure. You know, the, the resume says a lot for you know, three years at Union, uh, but he wasn't really there to start. And uh, I mean, Sean Driscoll, solid as always, but there's a ceiling there. And then uh, Jake Witkowski, the defenseman, by the way, not an experiment. I'd like to say that was continue. a failed experiment. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not like they think he's going to be an everyday defenseman, right? No, they no. They needed bodies, and, and he <laughs> stepped in. But they had him listed already on the third pair, and Sean Driscoll was the second defenseman, and I just, yeah. ugh, why? Not good. Why don't <laughs> force feed him minutes if you don't like have times. to? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought they were definitely positive. You know, Ference. Um, I don't think Ference was that bad defensively. I know we've kind of talked about it off on the side. I feel like it's just kind of a characterization he gets because he puts up the offensive numbers. I thought he was okay. Vlasic, um, I really liked. Um, same thing with Jarman. He, he flew under the radar, but in a good way. You didn't notice him for anything poor. And, uh, right. um, again, Camp Lido, a tough night. I hate plus minus, but you have to roll with it in college hockey because there's no advanced stats. He was a dash four on Friday and scratch Saturday. Uh, Cade Weber looked okay on Saturday, just okay. You, um, and other than that, I mean, like, uh, again, Fensori, not the greatest. I do like the look of the uh, – I guess this is kind of like we're still in our takeaways, but Fensori, more on him. Like, I like the look of the first power play with Ference and Fensori there. Mm-hmm. I think, like, like you have – it's like Drew Brees and Taysom Hill out on the field. You have, like, just two quarterbacks out there um, mm-hmm. for, for a horrible comparison, I suppose. Um, but – yeah, I think it'll get better, and just it'll come with health too. You don't know what Case McCarthy's deal is, whether that's protocol or injury. Um, so I think you add him back to the mix, and then all of a sudden, you're bigger, and you have more experience there. It it gives you another right shot. You only have two of them. Yeah. And I think that helps balance things out for you because I think Fensori McCarthy should be a pair, um, or Vlasic McCarthy or. Mm-hmm some he'll be a stabilizing presence for that top four if they balance it out and put him on the bottom pair or even the top pair um like i'm and like more on getting guys back you know wilmer skook you didn't have him uh master simone you got back on saturday um but you lost phillips but you lost phillips for some reason i I don't think he would have been benched either has to be i don't i don't think he would have been benched either because he was one of their best players on friday right and when in a game that nobody really deserved to be mentioned as a best player um and yeah, so I get again positives and on the new guys. I thought Jay O'Brien was fantastic. Yeah, um, and that maybe was it's huge a revenge too, by the way. Yeah, maybe it was a revenge tour type of deal. <laughs> um, but we talk about a lot going into the season. You don't have a lot of that top talent, and we said we want to put O'Brien there. 
but he's such a question mark. You don't know if he is. And right now he's proving he can be. Because he, I, in the first period, you know, him and Phillips on that top line, they kind of took over, especially on that power play. In that, it, only the first period, I suppose, um, before every, everyone tapered off. But I, there's definitely a lot of positives. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you're looking for this weekend, right? Like, you know, it wasn't going to be a perfect performance, but you just wanted things to build on. And I think they did get that. Uh, and you asked Coach O'Connell, uh, slightly at my, my, my suggestion, because I wanted to hear the answer, uh, you know, would he have taken the one-in-one one weekend? And he, he kind of, he danced his around reaction it, was but kinda, it, was, it was yes. I felt like his reaction was a lot of like, what the hell kind of question is that? It was a but, good question, thank you. Wasn't okay. it? Yeah. I, I mean, would say yes. You would take one-in-one one against a Providence team that's already played eight games and a decent team, at least on paper, getting back some stars from the World Junior Championship. I would have taken one-on-one -on -one for BU's first series of the season almost against anyone, unless it's, like, UEM and Maine, maybe even UNH. Like, one-on-one -on -one yeah. is a solid start, given all the circumstances, I think. No, yeah. I, I one and one I'm more than happy with for where we thought this team was, and especially where they had to wait a month and a half to play. Mm -hmm. um, but quickly, before we move ahead, because we are a little time-constrained here, your quick thoughts on Luke Tuck and Dylan Peterson. So I didn't see that much of Saturday's game, and I'd imagine that they may have looked better in it um, just because it's their second college hockey game. Uh, but I was cautiously optimistic the way that they played on Friday because we saw Tuck with the nice goal. I mean, with that pass, it's hard to miss the net because it's literally wide open and, you know, right place, right time for Tuck. Um, and same with Peterson. You know, I thought he was fairly, uh, you know, I thought he, he got up and down the ice well. I thought he used his body well. Tuck did too, by the way. He was flying around with hits. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't stand out to me the way that kind of Jay O'Brien did or even Phillips. Like, they weren't all over the ice in that way. Or, you know, I think they could get more involved, especially with that skill uh, that they have. But I also think that they had the speed and the size that's going to really work in this game once they get a little more... Um, you know, a little more comfortable, I guess, in the division, so or at the level. So I yeah. liked it overall. Yeah, I really liked Tuck. Um, a for the goal Saturday or Friday, and I thought he like Albie called him a man out there, which I I'd agree with. He was mm -hmm. he was he laid out a couple guys for Providence, and he seemed like he was ready to bring it physically. Um, Peterson, Peterson's more of the cautious optimism. I think he needs to be more assertive, but that's gonna come. You know, you're a freshman. Um, younger guy so I guess I guess that'll come with time that's right but quickly before we look ahead to UMass or I guess we the different UMass we'll, we'll do updates here Aha. BU was supposed to have UMass Lowell this weekend home and home but UMass Lowell obviously has COVID um, so all of them of course all like the entire school has COVID of course um, <laughs> but yeah UMass Lowell all dealing with Lowell, COVID in fact, yeah. yes all of Lowell has COVID um, so yeah they're dealing with COVID so Hockey East matchmakers put them with uh, put BU with UMass Amherst, number six team in the country. Um, a much tougher test than you were expecting this weekend, uh, regardless of who you got. Yeah. Um, and then quickly on BU women's hockey, not much on that front. They're still dealing with protocol and what have you from having a positive test within the team last week. So they will not be playing Northeastern this weekend. Um, right. So I would not expect them or would not expect much on that front until at least next week. Yeah, and we said that last week, too. Like, when the men's team had a positive case somewhere, uh, they had to shut down for two weeks because they just wanted to make sure all the tracing was complete and everything, and it makes sense. And that's exactly what the women's team's doing, too. 
So, you know, we saw this coming, and that's what's happening. They're going to take their couple weeks off and hopefully come back and be totally healthy. Uh, one thing I wish I saw coming was that the men's team was going to end up with UMass. I, I wish. We thought it was going to be Northeastern. I, well, it was too easy, right, because Northeastern wasn't scheduled. And it was like, okay, just match up BU, who doesn't have a team anymore, with the team that never had a team in Northeastern. You just pair them up easy. But then you remember that UMass and BC are scheduled, and they've already played each other. So the conference doesn't need them to play each other again. It'd be great to see, obviously, your two best teams going head-to-head. You'd love that. But for the purpose of, like, even schedules everywhere and everybody sees every other team, it was clear that one of those teams, BC or UMass, was going to have to play BU. And, of course, it was the team that BU had its series canceled against earlier this season. I should have seen it coming. I really should have. They get UMass How do you now. like that, Greg Carvel? You're getting BU now. Yeah, how do you like that, Greg? I mean, he's probably unhappy. Oh, he's probably got something wrong with it. I don't know. Maybe the fact that they're playing at home on Friday and, and they were scheduled to play home on Saturday or something. Oh, sorry. You know. <laughs> no, we just messed with Greg Carvel because he's a bit of a stickler this year. Um, but looking at this series, it's a challenging one for BU, to say the least. This is the team with the most experience in hockey. They've played 13 games already. Didn't play this past week. Um, but they're still, I'm sure, very sharp, and uh, and you're going against the team. Well, so the BU, the team that has had the least games, going against the team with the most games. And as we saw in that first game against Providence, that uh, that difference in experience doesn't quite bode well sometimes. So BU's going to need to be at their best. And this is also a team with 49 goals for. Uh, the next closest is uh, Northeastern with 35. So they put the puck in the net, and your defense has had trouble keeping the puck out of the net through two games. Uh, yeah, this though, is until you play BC. This is the toughest test you're gonna face in the conference. Two star goaltenders, maybe above a po- BC. A potent by the offense. way, um, I think it's I believe it's Carson Jishowitz. I think that's how you say it. Something like that. Um, graduate transfer for UMass is just popping off right now, um, and you know they're nine three and one. They played last Wednesday. They're gonna be playing again Wednesday, so they're gonna be obviously game ready. Um, but I do wonder how that fares for UMass uh, Wednesday Friday game turnaround. And Providence but, uh, is going to be you know coming out strong on Wednesday too. Like that's not a game that they're just going to roll over the opponent, run four lines, and be fine. Like they're probably going to need to take that one to the wire with the Friars. So they're playing three games in five days. You know BU has a whole week to reassess and come back. Like you know maybe that's the only thing that you like about this series for the Terriers. Uh, but yeah, but it's, then it's also more downtime for BU. Well, I guess, but yeah, that's a good point. You know, probably they'd rather just keep playing, keep the legs and all that. Um, it's not going to be easy, okay? If they get a win here, if, you know, one and one is a smashing success from this one. We yeah, like I think, again, a split is perfectly fine. <laughs> Against Providence, we're happy with one and one. Against UMass, you take that and you run. So Exactly. That's my thought going into this series. Yeah, I think you just got to try and contain UMass. And, again, you know you're going to be able to score goals um, again, I, I guess it's a little di- bit different going from Stauber to Matt Murray or uh, Lindbergh. Yep. Is that his name? Yep. Um, so it's oh, it's gonna be a stiff. It like, is a tough test, and you like you feel good about you feel encouraged, I guess, from Saturday's win and at least the offense on Friday. Um, so again, we'll, we'll have to see. It's one and one is definitely the ex- is the whole that's, that's the what expectation. We're for. That's right. Um, I don't have any major thoughts around Hockey East this week, and obviously there's no uh, World Junior Championship to, to look back at. Um, 
But I did want to up update on one thing, Patrick. Uh, if we're, you know, we, we said points percentage is probably the way this is going to end up. And uh, currently, there are only four teams above BU in uh, points per game. So BU at, well, 500 uh, points percentage. Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah. Like 0. .500 because they've won That's one. That's 500, yes, correct. I don't know why it's called points percentage because you, you get more than one point for a win. So wouldn't it be win percentage? Whatever. Sorry, semantics. Uh, they would be tied semantics. for fifth, though. They would be tied for fifth in an eleven-team conference. So, a home game in the playoffs, Patrick. Can't beat that. The tie. <laughs> the the team they're tied with is uh, Providence. Believe it or not. So they've played ten. It's not games. a home team. It's not a home game in the playoffs, is it? Yeah, the no, top five. In an 11-team conference, the top five would play at home. I don't know how they're going to do it. Oh, 10 Wait make it. I forgot. Every I team makes make the playoffs, it. and you have an 11 teams in the conference. I guess the first team gets a bye. We haven't even Probably. thought about this. Likely, this yes. So far away, but okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to want to buy. Just keep playing. Maybe at that at, point. If you're BU, you might have to keep playing. If you, if you miraculously end up with that one seed, you probably have a game you need to make up. Can you weekend. imagine? Just just a um, tear here from zero games and zero points all the way to the top where UMass already has 13 games, 28 points. Yeah. We're coming. I don't think that's going to happen, Patrick. I don't think so either. Well, I'll but go one can dream. Point percentage. So it's not about the points. I keep forgetting that. Not about the points. Probably no, about the percentage. About all about the Ws. That's right. Hope for one this week. But boy, is it going to be a tough task. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they fare against the real... Not to call Providence a fake team, but against the team that's vying for a national championship. Yeah. And I guess Providence is too. You know, you're a ranked team. Everyone's goal is a national championship, but a legitimate vibe. Different tiers A legitimate tiers team there. vying for a national championship. Right. Right. Anything else before we wrap this up? That's all I got this week. All right. Well, if you missed any of last weekend's coverage and still want to see it, you can check it out on WTBUsports.com, but that's not the website. It is sites.bu.edu slash WTBU sports. Um, so you'll find it all there. My hockey coverage, Kara Mooney's hockey coverage, Hope, uh, Owen Gunn's hockey coverage. He has that nice season preview up there. Um, and this weekend, obviously, puck drop for Friday, 4.30 p.m. I will have coverage of that. And January 16th, 5.30 p.m. at Walter Brown Arena, Carolyn Mooney will have coverage of that. Um, but for me on Twitter, I'm at Patton12. Brady is at Brady D. Gardner. And WTB Sports is at WTB Sports. I think that's it. That's it. I think we covered all our bases. It's well, a in pleasure that case, as always, Patrick. Always a pleasure. In that case, thank you so much to the listeners, who we hope it's always a pleasure to listen to us. Sure it is. Just ramble on and on. And we'll see you next time.